there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast number 91. This is Sunday, April 23rd, 2017. And today's guest is an organ builder, Oliver Schulte from Germany is the owner of Schulte Orgelbau. He specializes in the development of all kinds of organ concepts and has over 30 years of experience in new construction and restoration. In 1997 until 2000, Oliver apprenticed in his dad's workshop and in um, 2001, he started working at Martin Fier Organ Building in Black Forest, restoring German early romantic organs. In 2004, he continued his education by taking a master class in Ludwigsburg and in 2005, completing his MBA studies. The most important organ for Oliver is surely the Binz Schulte organ in the church of Heiligkreuz Bonn Limperich. It was his first project as the owner of Orgelbau Schulte and by far the most important project because it was the first English rebuild they did. His company would not be what it is now without this instrument. In this conversation, among many other fascinating things, Oliver talks about what does it take to restore old English organs. Let's go to the show. Thank you so much, Oliver, for joining this conversation. We have been chatting there for five minutes already without even noticing that we already covered some very fascinating topics. So it's my pleasure. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. Excellent. Before we started with Oliver today, we were starting to discuss the topic of podcast because Oliver listened to a number of my podcasts, about, especially about organ building. And with Gene Bidient and his colleague Martin Pazzi, who was actually an organ builder originally from Austria, so not far from Germany where Oliver lives. So. Those, those things are very fascinating and uh, right now I'm thinking that there isn't any podcast about organ building, you know. There are many hundreds of organ builders who are very f- eager probably to share their knowledge, but they're all busy building organs, <laughs> right? So, Absolutely, yes. So somebody probably should step in and... and uh, take the lead, uh, so to say, and uh, and you with your many contacts maybe would be uh, suitable. I see where this is going to. <laughs> well, we talked about, yeah, we, as, as you said, we talked about that before in the warm-up, and uh, I, I really would highly appreciate that because uh, uh, I have quite, uh, quite a lot of contacts to my fellow organ-building colleagues here in Germany and abroad, and um, so many interesting people, uh, as you said, you talked to to Jim Beatty and Martin Parsi, which uh, who I met my, my had the pleasure to to meet myself. Very pleasant man, very uh, so much interesting stuff to say. And uh, well, somebody should make a uh, organ building podcast, indeed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because you know, the organ playing, we can learn how to play the organ. I don't know, in schools, conservatories, or universities, right? 
but with organ building is different you have to apprentice with with the master probably mm-hmm. yes this is the first step probably i know i know there is some degrees offered you know you could study formally but yeah. not countries do that i think germany can can offer this right you can well, learn formally we, we, we we do have i think we do have a good system uh, of uh, well you, you said it apprenticeship and mastership but the experience you just get by the years and mm-hmm. um after apprenticeship you start learning because you know the basics you know how to join wood you know how to make a wooden pipe but the actual learning you get deeper into the into the uh, the business just when you know about things first it must be the knowledge and then you get the experience by the years and um, this is uh, very important uh, one of the best things when i made uh, the my master was uh, talking to my master colleagues just connecting and networking and asking um, that is uh, that was very precious for me yeah. How is the organ building world today? Are they eager to share the knowledge or are they hiding the knowledge? <laughs> um, well, let's say it's complicated. There are, uh, there are many, many uh, companies which open their doors. Of course, there are always those who close their doors, making, making uh, mysteries about their, what, what they do. It isn't a mystery at all, but it actually takes a lot of experience. Um, but um, especially when I go to, to England, uh, to the United States, all doors are open. And um, I just, I, I, can, I can say this, uh, just for a, a little example. Um, we are building a 62-stop uh, um, organ now, which is based on, a, uh, on an English organ, on a Walker organ. And we will add a 32-foot. And I was looking for scales for that 32-foot. And um, I asked Manuel Rosales, um, I, I need some scales. I, do, I don't have any nice scales for the 32-foot. I want to, to build them Haskell-styled. Um, and several weeks, uh, d- days later, I had an email with all technical drawings and uh, explanations how to make that 32 foot uh, and that that's just one example of how open the organ building world today can be and i really appreciate that well exactly oliver because you know uh, is is this your first 32 foot stop uh the first one to build here yes and we are really eager to do that <laughs> you have built you know uh, eight foot stops 16-foot stops, two-foot stops, mixtures, all kinds of, you know, different. But 32 is different. And probably people around the world should understand that when you're building this massive, magnificent stop like this, you only have two choices, basically. Either you have to take measurements from existing organs, Mm -hmm. right? From existing uh, 32-pipe stops. Mm -hmm use them or adjust them to given situation, of course, to your room or, or so. Uh, but you first have to measure, right? You have to go to, on location. Mm-hmm. And that's 
time, very time-consuming uh, work sometimes to measure each pipe. Although 32, maybe you have 30 or so pipes total, maybe that wouldn't take, you know, a week or so, but it would be a, a, day, a day, really, just to measure. Uh, and another option is really ask for help uh, for, uh, from other people who are building, who have built 32 foot stops in the past. Right? Yeah, that's it. So, so we, we don't have that hundred years of, of, um, of company history. Uh, my, my dad founded the company in 78. And we are actually a, a rather small company uh, with uh, six people working here. And, um, but I am always happy to, to ask my colleagues Uh, for their experience uh, sharing. Maybe they can use something I know. So that's a give and take, and um, that's very um, important, I think. Actually, this is a crucial piece of information you've been saying for, to me, uh, Oliver, because um, when we hide something, right, we isolate from the world's knowledge, right? We may be very experienced in organ playing, organ building alone. We, we might be an... But you know, the world is a greater place. Yeah. If you join two people, you have twice as many uh, amounts of knowledge, right? Yeah. And, and they collaborate. And yeah. they eat of each other and uh, work with each other. And um, I think they get all kinds of benefits from sharing that in today's world. There is no use of making, for, for anyone, making a mystery of what we do. Uh, either organ builders or organists. What happens is when we make a mystery of what we do, we disconnect the instrument from the audience, from the not organ building or not organist people to those people we actually build these instruments for. We just get ourselves back into our um, ivory tower and make our little Harry Potter stuff And that's not, I see no use in that. So let's open the doors. Let's show everybody what we are doing. And that's very important, I think, because the organ um, has some issues in reputation nowadays. And we have to work on that. We'll get back to this in a moment, Oliver. Yeah. This is information. But let's go back in time when you first started to, um, <laughs> Basically, do you remember the story uh, how you first fell in love with the organ? Well, it's uh, not that spectacular. Um, when I talk about my history, if you want to say so, in organ building, I have to mention my dad. He started the company in 78. And um, I always um, want to say that he... Um, um, He never forced me into the business, and that was very, very, um, very good for me. Mm -hmm. He took me to uh, uh, tuning uh, tours and took me to the workshop. I worked there when I was a when I was a kid with wood, and so I, I got the connection to the craftsmanship and to the instrument. And mm -hmm. I started uh, playing piano when when I was seven. At 20 years of uh, piano lessons. And so I got the musical connection from that. Um, and I started my apprenticeship, which 
in, in daddy's business, in daddy's workshop with what I wanted uh, in 97, 97, yes. And then was not really spectacular three year, three and a half years of apprenticeship. Um, then I went to um, company of uh, Martin Fear in the Black Forest for mm-hmm. about a year. I learned very much about restoration there. Came back, made some um, made some years as a freshman and master in two thousand four. Oh, sorry. That's okay. And I just I just disconnect the phone. We don't need it now. So. So interesting. It's all started with your dad, right? Yes. And your dad was the initial piece of inspiration for you. <coughs> and uh, do you remember what exactly uh, you found uh, fascinating about the organ? About complexity, perhaps? Yes, about the-, the complexity of mechanical tracker action. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can remember when he took me to a, um, to a tuning of a tracker action that he, that he made. It was about 30, 30 stops. I, I still know that organ. Um, and I completely did not know what happened inside when you push the key and something moves inside. There were so many wooden strips, uh, straps, those, um, mm-hmm. and, and I was completely messed up. And uh, how did you react to this? Did you wanted to find out more how it works, or you were scared about the complexity? Uh, I was very curious how that works. <laughs> I kept uh, so I kept asking questions, and well, Dad explained, and uh-huh. that, uh, made the connection to the instruments very intense. You know, that's where people get lost. You know, uh, especially organists. They press the key or the pedal. And that's it. It plays or it not, doesn't play, doesn't matter. They, they don't even think about how the sound is produced. Many people, many people, not everybody. But, um, but if you're curious enough, you can open the panels, right? You can open the doors. And you yeah. really see <laughs> this connection, from, especially on the mechanical organ. It's so easy to understand uh, all those uh, connections and abstracts and uh, what else. Um, the, it, if you have the initial curiosity to find out more, then the uh, fear of of the complexity is not that challenging, right? You overcome this challenge with curiosity. Yes, yes. At least you, you should never lose your curiosity, uh, no matter what age. Uh, that's that's it. Yes, and it's yeah. not magic what we do. Um, well, at least, yeah. yeah it should work, let's say it this way. <laughs> but um, if you open the doors, if you open the panels, you see the complexity of that. And, uh, well, most of my organ building colleagues are always very happy to explain what happens inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, encountered yourself in a situation where you couldn't figure out what it, how it works yourself? <laughs> where you really got lost, maybe not on a mechanical organ, maybe yeah. on electro-pneumatical or electronic, you know, something more complex than you initially 
could handle. Well, uh, if you have an electrical uh, in, uh, organ, you just can figure out where the problem is, get the, get the uh, electric component out, send them into uh, the supplier of your choice, and that's, that's it. If a tracker breaks, you can glue it together or you can replace it. If a, a wind chest cracks, you can, uh, you can restore it. But um, if there's something on electronics, well, you have to do with you have to deal with your suppliers, and then um, the normal organ builder is just the one replacing some components. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, your uh, basically experience and education uh, doesn't perhaps involve too much complex things into electronics, right? Um, let's say let's say it should. It should. You know, you have to know this much to figure out where the problem is. And, um, you, and get you, help, don't, right? you don't need to have to be a programmer in, this, in C++, um, but you have to figure out where the problem is to, uh, well, to, 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 um, to get in touch then with your supplier um, and talk on him on a on a on a base where you can both communicate. Yeah, at least to describe the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. I remember we have this notebook uh, on our uh, organ here in church, mm -hmm. um, and some sometimes uh, for you know other people come to play, and uh, in this notebook I ask them to uh, write down the problems if they have you know. See, see ciphers, hear ciphers, yeah. sticky keys, uh, things not working, not in tune. And sometimes I read them, you know. It's mm -hmm. so funny to the organists' handwriting about things they, they don't have a clue about. Sometimes they write, oh, the organ is not working. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so the problem is just one key, for example. <laughs> or or one, one pipe in, in one in one stop, you know. They, yeah. they, they are not curious, actually, to figure out what exactly is not working. They say, no, it's, it's not playable. Not playable. I, I, can, I, can I, I have an example. I can imagine um, we, some years ago, we installed a new um, electronic uh, setter action, combination action. And for some reason... It was. It would just turn into a randomized combination of stops, just so without pushing a button. And it would do that maybe twice or three, uh, twice a week. And we were completely clueless. And then I ordered an electrician who should check the electrics of the church, the church electrics. It came out that the combination action got uh, power pulses of about 80 volt because the church electrics was so, well, crappy um, that the, the, the setter action, which is uh, normally running on 24 volt, gets, um, gets um, power pushes of 80 volt. So mm -hmm. that was the problem. And you have to know enough to figure out where the problem is, and that and that we did, but it took quite a while, I admit. <laughs> yeah, and um, 
as as a, as organ builder, you have to have this mentality of problem solving all the time, like like engineers do, right? Do you have um, engineering background, by the way, Oliver? Uh, not me, not me. So I have the cra the craftsmanship uh, background, but I'm very interested exactly in in engineering, in mechanical uh, stuff, in electrics. Um, my hobby is uh, well programming. Not, not really high-class programming, but uh, um, website, HTML, um, a little bit uh, Pascal-based uh, programming. So I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a techie, uh, techie guy, um, very, it uh, helps. very into, into technology, yes. So when you, uh, you know, discover the problem or, or challenge, You don't start to cry, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least not when my customer is around, yes. <laughs> I remember I, when I was maybe three years old or maybe two years old, my mom uh, um, bought me a you know, bicycle on, on three wheels or four wheels you know, with, with support. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this little toy. Yeah, and yeah. I would yeah. drive with it and uh, everything would be fine. But then I could get stuck in, in into the you know some kind of construction material or or near the door someplace, and my bicycle couldn't move. Yeah, and I would start, start to cry, you know, start crying. And my mom <laughs> say, "Oh, uh, let's let's." She would teach me, you know, let's figure out why did the the bicycle stop, you know, this mentality, mm -hmm. and. Repeat after her, after, in my child voice, let's start to figure out, you know, how, why, why it stopped. Yeah. So I couldn't cry anymore, you know, and I got, got curious. And all it took maybe to, was to wiggle the, the wheel or, or to so, and, and it would be solved. <laughs> so that was my first idea about problem solving. What was yours, your first challenge that you had to overcome without crying? <laughs> With the, without crying hmm. <laughs> I have to think very deep on that um, you could crying doesn't help you know well sometimes it helps in a way <laughs> no um, I, I, have to, I have to think about that I think it was you know the, the most, most the first technical challenge um, but not Easy, you know, easy you figure out with your curiosity, but something that you got stuck, stuck yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had to use your when brain. I, when I think back, um, I think it was when I, when I made a, um, how, how do you call it? When I was in school at about 10th grade, you go to workshops for one or two weeks um, being a trainee, I think it is called a trainee, or um, just to to get the view how the working life would be for one or two two weeks when you are in school. And I did that in in that workshop, and I had to make a um, an organ model, and that gave me some construction plans of an existing organ. And he said, okay, now deal with that 
and make a small model of that organ. So that was the first um, um, memory. That is the first memory that I have actually dealing with some problems, solving uh, craftsmanship problems. How can I turn the wood in that way that it will be an organ model? Um, right. Well, that I can, I can, uh, I have some memories of that. Yes. <laughs> so that was the first challenge, right? And it, and later you overcome this challenge and um, of course received another challenge, right? Challenge after challenge and failure after failure, probably. Yes. Did you, uh, you know what is success? Uh, I think definition of success uh, uh, in today's world, Oliver, is that going from failure to failure with undying optimism. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the latter I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's a good uh, word, yeah. You, probably. Without failures... Without mistakes, we can't advance. We can't learn, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Of and course, sometimes- it's always it's of course always better to learn from the mistakes of others. <laughs> but life happens, and life gives you mistakes, and life gives you opportunity to learn from that uh, from those. Yeah. Sometimes people get get uh, um, get stuck in the idea of avoiding mistakes as much as possible. And then not taking enough manageable risks, you mm-hmm. know, not doing uh, enough of risky things in any area, in organ playing, in constructing organs, in building organs, designing organs even, right? Yeah. Or, or them. And they, they all, always do things that they feel comfortable with, that they are Absolutely. uncomfortable Absolutely, with. Absolutely, right? yes. Look, let's, let's have a look at organ building history um, where uh, we would not have this much experience of decades and centuries of organ building if there wouldn't have been those mistakes which we can say now, oh, we better don't use these materials or we don't use that glue. There was always that guy who tried, to, who, who tried that first and now we know that's a failure, um, but that's a very important. Uh, that's very important to know as well. Right, right. Like in in organ playing, also somebody wrote, you know, ugly pieces in Renaissance, beginning of Renaissance, mm-hmm. late Middle, and left this, you know, manuscript. And uh, later students, later generations, could study this manuscript and figure out. Oh, he used uh, parallel fifths, forbidden instrument. <laughs> And we will not do this because it sounds, no, you know, not natural. Not every voice is not independent this way. If you use parallel intervals, mm-hmm. um, but there was a time in music, especially in Middle Ages, where parallel fifths yeah. were allowed. Yes, thirteenth yes. uh, century, uh, that was still okay. Mm-hmm. Um, times changes, modes and uh, fashions change, and. Uh, Temperaments change, right? Uh, tuning system changes and uh, different intervals become the norms. Right. Wonderful. So what's your favorite, uh, uh, Oliver, historical period that you are basing your, your organs on? 
That's very hard to say. And I, I admit I would not prefer um, any period to another because um, I see them on the same level. I love, I really love uh, romantic instruments. And I do love, you know, we work a lot with English romantic instruments. I love the um, American symphonic music. I love the English romantic music. Um, uh, but same time, I really do love um, middle-toned um, instruments from the 17th century. Uh, listening to a palestrina on a, on a, a mean-toned uh, instrument is wow. Yes, those sounds are very beautiful when tuned properly, right? You yes, get those yes. The perfect major thirds, the perfect sweet sounds, and C major is no longer, you know, harsh. It's it's so sweet that you, it can can draw your tears out of your. It's face. so intense listening to a to a clean chord. We 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 just forgot how that sounds. Right. All the well-tempered instruments we are building now, which have of course their backgrounds and their reasons, but now listening. To uh, to really a clean third, a clean fifth—that's wow, so intense for me. Mm-hmm. And every period has its own uh, uh, qualities that you might uh, admire, right? In, in, Absolutely, in, in yes. Every period, of course, we admire the symphonic sound, how how the organ instrument can can really. Um, compared to symphonic orchestra in one way or another, how one person can uh, basically imitate an orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. And make transcriptions of orchestral pieces playing or, or organ symphonies, right? Like they did in France. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, every period is, is so fa- valuable and, and probably draws from the previous periods, right? Yes. Uh, learned from previous French organ masters, yes. right? Yes, yes, You know, and uh, like uh, Zilberman would learn from other instruments, right, that came before that. And you, Oliver, are also a student of those days, and you're also learning from previous masters. Who is your maybe master right now? Do you have a master, model master right now? <laughs> well, that's, that's a good question. Um, I had the, the opportunity to, to look into several uh, Silber, Silberman organs when I was in the master class. And seeing the mechanical action of those uh, were really an eye opener. When it comes to to um, sounds and scalings, um, I, I'm really fond of um, companies like Willis or Walker. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say I have oh. This organ builder, Cavalier Call, is in all belongings my my uh, my idol. Um, I would I would specify that. Right, right. So somebody asked me also, what's my favorite organ composer? And I thought 
that's it's a wrong question to ask, right? <laughs> the favorite organ composer is the one you are playing right now. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes. <laughs> an instrument, for example, based on a certain historical style, this is your favorite right now, but it doesn't mean it will be favorite a week from now, or it was your favorite last year, right? You 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 probably uh, treated treat it independently and you you are always uh, falling in love with your current work right yeah current uh, sometimes, sometimes people ask me which is your your favorite instrument you ever built uh, oh. and my question is always the next <laughs> right um, the rap organist who cannot really listen to their recordings you know they, they make a recording or mm -hmm. play title with recording equipment and prepare recording, make even a CD, but never listen to the CD, you know, mm -hmm. because always busy doing something next, 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 next. Mm -hmm. Are you one of those people who, who, uh, who is not um, looking back at your previous work, Oliver, and always looking for to the future? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. So then, what's next for you? And uh, by the way, how many organs have you built to date? Well, um, since my, my dad founded the company in 78, he had the opportunity to build completely, fully new organs, mostly mechanical tracker, uh, some electric um, organs that... Until the early 2000s, we were at about roughly a little bit more than 30, 30 new instruments, going up to three manuals, uh, 47 stops. Um, well, and um, but but business has, has changed until then. So in Germany, there was the problem that the building of new organ that that market has completely collapsed not completely but mostly collapsed especially for companies of our size so we had a massive problem um when especially uh, on the uh, at the times when i um took over the company here um and we had to deal with with that so now we are dealing with english instruments and with these instruments we have about uh, seven projects made based, mm -hmm. based on that since i started here in 2007 six, right. so, six. how far in advance are you planning your work oliver do you have a um, you know like a schedule of other instruments that you will be working on yes yes and i'm very happy uh, to say that we are now busy until the end of 2020 uh-huh that's that's a Safe, safe amount of time. Yes, it makes you sleep very calmly. <laughs> to, to get other clients, um, this is very good. I always teach my students this type of thinking when, when you playing a recital, right? Organ recital, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Oh, it was wonderful. What's your next recital?" And usually people say, oh, I don't know, I will see, you know, it depends, you know. Yeah. If somebody invites them, they, oh, they will get. But I always teach to have at least five recitals lined up in the future for them mm -hmm. so that they could 
uh, actually say this one, two, three, four, five until maybe you know two or yeah. three years in in advance, or maybe just a few months in advance. If you're playing every one recital every month, that mm-hmm. would be not. more recitals you know with this kind of schedule in your company then of course it's it's very important to schedule your your work well in advance because those people work for you and you are sort of responsible right yes. for them yes so really the, my my people count count on me to to get the to get the business on and uh really i'm i'm really happy to to have the um work to do here Let's talk about the business side of, of organ building. What yeah. do you do to get the project uh, on your list? How, what's, do you get proactive asking or you wait for, uh, for uh, contracts? Um, well, as you know, we, we have a special, uh, we, we, we specialize very much on reusing Uh, restoring or rebuilding English instruments, and I think uh, I might say that we we got. Uh, um, um, I don't want to say famous. That always sounds like being stars. Um, but I think people rec- people recognized us. People recognized us uh, all over Germany, or maybe on an international base as well. Not being the local organ builder anymore, but um, giving a giving a uh, a solution um, for churches which cannot afford a completely new organ, but they want to have uh, well a high quality organ, um, have uh, longing for a, a nice sound, and we can offer a solution for that. So um, we got many inquiries from Germany. So. There, uh, at the moment, I don't need to get this much proactive um, because we, we have very much inquiries coming in. Um, and, uh, well, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, that this works because I experienced uh, worse time as well. Yes, your reputation now precedes you, right? Your previous work is, is your legacy, And how you worked, your quality, your 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 probably past clients are evangelists for you, right? They can even recommend you for your future clients, right? Well, that's that's the plan, yes. <laughs> If you do the right work, right? If you do the quality restoration, let's yeah. say, then of course you can turn back to them and say, "Would you recommend us to this church?" You know, and. Uh, And like this, and another technique which is really, really easy to use, but but sometimes it's so e- often overlooked, is when you go, for example, to inspect an organ in 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 a in a church, right? Just to inspect it without any um, agenda, you know, of selling your services, uh, or, or even to to fix some ciphers, to, to do some maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. You, This notebook with your past projects uh, written down, right? Maybe 30 organs, maybe 
restorations, maybe repair work, maybe maintenance. Plus, you have a list of uh, your past uh, clients there with their telephone numbers. You <laughs> see people, and uh, and you give this um, this notebook to that person in charge of, of this church while you're working on that instrument, right? While mm-hmm. you're checking, and mm-hmm. say, please take a look, you know, and. Uh, and I'm, I'll be busy uh, for an hour or so. You just, uh, you know, uh, be my guest and take a look at my client's, you know, uh, notebook. It, it, you know, in general, it, it makes miracles because it boosts your expertise and uh, social trust level so that, of course, you will be the next uh, uh, provider of services for that person because you have an extensive list of past clients. The organ building world, the, I'm totally with you, yes. Uh, the organ building world is a very small microcosmos. And, um, and the quality level of organ building is extremely high. You build a mediocre organ instrument once and then you're out of business. Maybe you made it twice, but then at latest you're out of business. So yes. no matter what you do, building new organs, building new components, or restorations, or real buildings, uh, you always have to, 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 to take the highest measures of quality. So because no matter if we take um, used English material from the 19th century, once it's restored, I can say at least another 100 years. Um, and, well... That's about it, making quality work no matter what you do. Yes. Another technique that is wonderful and powerful is document your work, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, organists forget that all the time, you know. They, they celebrate their recital. They make poster about invitation, how, you know, to please come to my recital. They, they ca- create this event on Facebook, you know, and their friends are invited to the result. But nobody is even aware of the process that is taking place. Mm-hmm. How to prepare this kind of program uh, for non-stop 16-minute uh, recital? In your case, organ restorations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is aware what goes behind the scenes when you, uh, you know, go into your office or yes. on location in that English church. What do you do there? So it's- one is the advices is really. Uh, videotaping and recording and mm-hmm. uh, online, like, like a blo- video blog, right? Mm-hmm. Or even live streaming, if you have a Wi-Fi in that location, is amazing way of getting attention and trust. It's so important to get to people, to people not related to the organ, not being an organ builder or not being an organist. Um, let's say, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful, but the, the normal people, the audience, which we, which you play for, which I make um, the instrument for, for the audience, you n- need to get those people and show them what we do. They always stand stand in awe and and um, they say, "Oh my God, it's it's so huge! I don't want to touch it. I want to don't don't want to look inside." No, look inside. I uh, all, very often have groups here in the workshop from kindergarten uh, kids up to seniors and 
the interest, interesting thing is every generation is fascinated. The youth is fascinated. The kids are fascinated. The elderly people are fascinated. And that's what I try to, to, to do from my small position here to transport this, this fascination of organ building, of organ playing to, uh, I don't want to say the world, it sounds so big, but uh, to, to the audience, to the people. Right. And while, when you document your process, then you don't have to think about marketing at all, right? You're just sharing, sharing your work. Yes. Sharing the idea I've got about sharing your work is actually from the writer Austin Cleon from America, who wrote a book, uh, two books actually, or even more now. Uh, one was Still Like an Artist, you know, about creative ideas. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Ideas that are creative, because nothing really is original, you're just borrowing ideas from others, especially mm-hmm. from people from dead masters <laughs> right you like like english masters you are adoring yes, right yes absolutely um, uh, and he wrote another book called show your work and and it based on on two ideas that you have to show not only your result but also the process um, he calls it stock and flow stock is uh, your big time result like uh, finished organs, right? Mm-hmm. Flow is what leads to the mm-hmm. result. Leads day to day work. Exactly. Keep showing, keep sharing, and keep showing up where people are gathering online. Yes. And then we little by little will gather our fan base. Yes. And I can only recommend doing this to every organ builder. Um, get the people to your work, and then I understand why an, a normal, in brackets, cleaning of an organ costs an amount of money. When people see what you do, oh, that's a lot of work to do. Oh, it has more pipes than just the 10 I am, I am, uh, I am uh, seeing right now. Thousand pipes inside. So then people get the point uh, that what you do for your money. Right, right, right. Right, because you're sharing, you, you, you basically get letting them in into your world. Yes, and it connects, sorry to interrupt you, but it connects the parish people to their instrument. We, we, uh, we experience that every time I make a, a Facebook um, uh, album from our projects, seeing the workflow, uh, showing the workflow, showing what, the, what we do, and we get the feedback back from the parish church and now we see how it is made and the, the connection is made right. it's not just like making an instrument just like an Ikea board transporting presenting the finished product, that's it no, you have to take the, the people by the hand and show them what you do and the third technique is uh, the one we would we, we had started this conversation from uh, starting uh, being a, a source basically with with this um, podcast conversation I'm being a source of whatever organ playing world means right they come to me uh, I invite experts they share their knowledge and inspiration and you know it all comes down to this 
project of secrets of organ playing. I'm the source of it. So yes. in organ work or in, in restoration work, some also it's very valuable to become the source where people would come to you for knowledge, inspiration, uh, not necessarily uh, starting a podcast, but basically giving advice, like, like sharing how to make an organ pipe, right? How to fix the cipher, how to do this. And uh, maybe you could also gear it to, towards your future clients, maybe what they are really interested in. Think about what your future customers want. Mm-hmm. And that also take care of mark- any kind of marketing and your w- reputation would go through the roof. Well, yes. <laughs> Simply yes. I'm, I'm totally with you. So, so it, or it's only a matter of time when people will start doing this from all kinds of professions, all kinds of uh, you know, areas. And organ playing, organ building is sort of a little bit behind now uh, of this. I don't see many people doing this. But mm-hmm. from now, it will be just basic knowledge and everybody will doing this. <laughs> and so whoever starts it first will, will have a head start, of course. Well, uh, it, it was it was always my my, um, my 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 goal to not to close the doors here, just open the doors, showing, 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 sharing. And when Wonderful. when I get back the feedback, as for example, Manuel Rosales, um, then that's very uh, yeah. It's like a little precious moment where when I see, okay, there are other people thinking the same way and uh, that makes it very, very valuable. The fourth technique, I will tell you the fourth tip. <laughs> Today I am I'm all here. Keeping, um, giving advice mode uh, or, or mood. Um, the fourth tip is from my experience, you know, one of my students from Australia was featured in a local newspaper. You know, mm-hmm. very small, insignificant local newspaper. <laughs> Wonderful student, uh, uh, organ enthusiast, engineer by profession, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the organ, you know. His name was John. And if John is listening, John Higgins is his last name. And I remember his story because he sent the link to this newspaper for me to read. Mm-hmm. And in the paper interview was his picture at the organ and his story, how he started playing, plus my name, you know. Yeah. I was his... And I was so honored, you know. <laughs> and I was compelled to share this article with the world because, well, it made me feel good. It's good. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> so what, what Manuel Rosales did to you... Uh, recently, right? He g- gave you freely advice. Then, of course, <laughs> you could do for him is to to post a link um, to 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 your conversation and and tag tag him so that he would be honored in this. Also. Yeah. So that's the least. I mean, what can I do for big companies? So I'm just I'm just a little light in organ building. Um, but uh, I experienced not only Man- Manuel, um, so many uh, from my English colleagues, they are so open and say, they give so much advice. I'm very thankful for this. 
Yes. If there is something I can give back, I, I will happily do that. Yeah. Yes, it's all connected. We are all connected, and if we can only find a way to appreciate others in our circle and uh, uh, show others work uh, and. Uh, just like in, in, in these podcast conversations, I'm trying really hard to make uh, you sound and look good. You know, your work uh, be featured for 89 countries. Thank you for that. I have a sip of coffee for that. Thank you. <laughs> for every conversation that I do, it's my goal, you know. I'm not trying to to steal your your microphone, Oliver, and, uh, you know, appear better than you at organ music, which I'm not, you know. <laughs> so I'm just trying to help you find uh, your, help you get, share, share your insights and inspiration to wider audience, right? Make you look and sound good. Uh, so... The same is with other people in our circle, with organ building, organ playing. We all have mentors, right? And mentors are bigger than us, right? Yeah. More experienced, uh, bigger companies, organ builder firms from all over the world. And normally they would don't pay attention to, that, to us, right? Or virtuoso organists who are out there, you know, uh, titular organists at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. But, <laughs> but if I can invite them, invite them for a virtual cup of cappuccino here on this interview, and they would get excited about sharing their inspiration and get feedback from their fans all over the world. Mm -hmm. They right just like you are doing this today and uh, we could keep continuing doing this and uh, keep keep uh, keep growing growing this way our customer and our fan base in whatever f f sphere and area is that we are uh, working on right it all applies across the board across the countries uh, future generations also could do this um, so I'm very happy that you are so generous, Oliver, with your work, that you're showing your work to your uh, future possible customers, and not customers, but to the people who are curious, just like you. Yes, yes. It, it doesn't have to be a customer. It's not like a mark, uh, the, 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 the high classified marketing strategy I have. It's just, uh, it's just how I am. Uh, and, well... Either this way I do it, or I do it no way. And um, it, it's like at the um, moment it seems to work. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We I just reminded of another uh, tip. Um, we all have to have three types of people in our lives. You know, mentors who are more experienced than us, right? Who can lead our uh, way? Then our colleagues and peers who are at the same level and basically support each other and and it's a little mastermind effect right mm -hmm. if if like, pushes themselves and uh, is successful you also want to be a successful at your job right and you basically compete with each other in a good way mm -hmm. and elaborate also and the third type of person you have to have students you have to have lower type of um, expertise people where you could share your knowledge with and, yeah. uh, and grow 
And yeah. that's where you can become the next leader of the future generation of organ builders. Well, yeah. So that's what we do in our little company here. We, we have always uh, apprentices because we are facing a lack of experts in many, uh, many layers of craftsmanship in Germany. And the organ building world is one of them. So uh, I think it's very um, important to, to, to create experts. And that, that's what we do by taking apprentices here and learning them, showing them what we do. Um, yeah. Wonderful. So Oliver, thank you so much for coming to the show. And how can people find you and your work online? Can you give them a link? Yeah, uh, so we, we have the, uh, our website, which is www.orgelbau-schulte.de. That's a little, little bit tricky. Maybe you can find me better on Facebook. Just um, look for my name. And the guy with the pipe, that's me. <laughs> and right, right. there are all links and stuff. Um, or just Google Schulte Organ Building. You'll find us. Uh, so. Yeah. And Schulte is I'm happy to meet everybody uh, online or in real world. Yes, Oliver Schulte is spelled O L I V E R S C H U L T E, right? Exactly. And And uh, they will come to your website easily. And I will make sure I will include the direct link to your website. Wonderful. Um, on the description of this conversation so that people can literally click and visit you and your work. It was a big pleasure talking to you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Oliver. Keep sharing. Keep, uh, keep uh, making the organ building world smaller, you know, more connected. Uh, and we only have to have three qualities in our work. Be generous generous and you are generous because you have shared so much inspiration for 89 countries organized today that's great generous and then be persistent so basically be generous more than once <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah. well maybe more uh, maybe every day and then number third is be connected be connected with the world and uh, you will have a future that that supports yourself Three good things to live at. Thank you. Wonderful. Let's, let's keep in touch. Uh, let me know about your future project so that uh, I could also uh, share this inspiration for my future listeners also. And uh, thank you so much for sharing and keep producing amazing work. Thank you, Vidas. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog, Secrets of Organ Playing, at organduo.lt, where you will find lots of insights, practical advice, and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vidas Pinkavitus. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you online really soon.